This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that's been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and an incredible help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it it is the best way to get to really know the guest. This episode's guest is Dr. Robert Takla. Dr. Takla is an emergency medicine physician and amateur athlete with a passion for health and fitness. The role of an ER physician can be stressful, and he is responsible for one of the busiest emergency rooms in Michigan. In addition to practicing clinically, he has an extensive administrative experience as a medical director supplemented with an executive MBA from the University of Michigan. While emergency medicine and innovation in healthcare remain passions of his, he also thrives on the pursuit of health and fitness. Pursuing a well-balanced life, combining physical, mental, and emotional health and fitness is critical to happiness. As an amateur athlete in Ironman, he enjoys utilizing his medical skills and knowledge to further his own health and fitness. He thoroughly enjoys and welcomes the opportunity to motivate, coach, mentor, and consult with both individuals and groups assisting them with improving their health and fitness. Each of us, from amateurs to professional athletes, can find ways to further improve our wellness and maximize our chance of reaching our fitness goals. So, Dr. Takla, or Robert, welcome to the show. Ken, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. No, and we were chatting a little bit earlier of what you're in the middle of right now with the whole COVID thing, but we'll jump to it. But tell us a little bit about who Robert is and how you ended up doing what you're doing. Absolutely. So um, I always had a little passion for health and fitness and was never really that person who spent a lot of time on the endurance type of events. I, you know, in my younger years would spend a little bit more time, I guess, weightlifting and developing those, those type two type of fibers. And then probably about 10 years ago or so, uh, one of my cousins, who's also one of my best friends, you know, said, hey, why don't we do a triathlon? And honestly, I, I started laughing at him. I'm like, dude, that's not us. We, we you know, I, I can't run. I can't swim. I can't. I didn't, I didn't even know that there were different distances on triathlon. But, uh, short story, he talked me into it. I think I trained for about three months to do a sprint. I had a you know, 15-year-old bike in my garage. I don't think I could have swam more than uh, two laps in the pool uh, before I had to stop. But certainly trained for it. And uh, at the end of the summer, he never trained, by the way. Um, and when the race day came, he decided to pull out and I was, uh, I was a little baffled since we decided to do this together, but long story short, I crossed that finish line with the biggest grin on my face and I was hooked. And I just said, I want to do it again. I want to do it better. I want to do an Olympic. I want to do a half. I want to do a full and, uh, it just sort of, uh, evolved from there the ball starts rolling right with any of these events and once you're hooked it's like you can't you can't go faster longer or you can never find something so you can go faster longer better right and those types of things it's sort of like being you know the adrenaline junkie you are or that all of us are it's always trying to push the limits yeah absolutely and and honestly for me you know i was under no delusion that i was ever going to finish on a podium it was more personal can I, can I improve on my former self? Can I do a little bit better? And, and that's all it was. And, and it was just literally, you were hooked on it from, from day one. 
And it's in a lot of these things. And like you said, it doesn't matter if you're on the podium, but it's the journey. Right. And I think that's the most important thing. And once you start loving the journey is and, and you get to the race and that's sort of the celebration. I couldn't agree more that, that, that really is, you know, the, the, the opportunity, the privilege to race was really the reward. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. It's like the Christmas morning, right. Or your birthday morning of, Oh my God, I'm going to get up and you're going to do this. And that's the anticipation and the training is, is the best part. And we'll jump, we'll jump into it. And how do you train as a ER doctor in one of the busiest ERs in, in Michigan? That's a great question. I mean, honestly, we all have the same common denominator, which is no matter who you are, what you do, we all have 24 hours a day. And how you choose to spend that is up to us. So it really becomes about time management and how you want to spend your time. Um, For me, I would incorporate a lot of my social interaction with friends, even with family. If I got my son uh, involved in things of this nature, he now of course, he's a lot younger. He's only 20 and, and smoke me uh, running. But 10 years ago, I used to be able to beat him. But we started doing things together. So we would combine uh, things so that we could do social and training together. And we had the pleasure. Uh, I had the privilege of actually doing a couple of relay races with him, a couple of small things like, you know, Tough Mudder or, or some obstacle courses or some fun 5Ks and and now, you know, unfortunately, I, I can't even come close to keeping up with him. But, you know, you choose, you, you know, do you want to watch TV or do you want to train or can you do both? You know, I've got a, I got a little, you know, pain cave in the basement uh, with a TV set up on there so that I can ride my bike on a trainer um, in the wintertime and, 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 you know, more than one stone at one time. No, and that's it, right? Or you can, I'm a big fan of you're going for a long run, put a book on tape on, right? Or on your pod, whatever you're carrying, tapes. There you go. <laughs> I'm you aging myself the there, right? But the podcast yeah, thing or your phone or, or anything because it allows you to actually learn while you're, you know, you're working out. And what I found is when I'm, you know, when I'm running or I don't do it when I'm riding my bike because who knows what's happening on roads these days. But when I'm running, I actually remember the book better, right? And then you come back and it's like, wow, I can actually implement something I learned while I was doing this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about, you know, we we're chatting earlier about this whole COVID thing, right? And, and being a doctor in, in today's world, because it's sort of fascinating. I, I haven't really talked to someone who's been on the front lines like yourself. And I loved what you're talking about, you know, sort of teams coming together and working together. So give us a little bit of insight what you're seeing um, as this is, you know, sort of peaked and winding down, but what it was like, you know, early on. Absolutely. So, Fortunately, things have improved in terms of, you know, the, the prevalence and, and the amount of people that we, patients that we have coming in with COVID-like symptoms. But probably about six, seven weeks ago, two months ago, um, it really blew out of control very quickly. Um, I, I think what I've shared with other people uh, is that it was like trying to take a sip of water from the fire hose and everything was changing so quickly. Uh, processes, uh, availability of resources, uh, things that you had to do to keep the staff safe and the patients safe. We were worried about, you know, having enough personal protection equipment. We had about two weeks of PPE on, um, you know, in, in supply, and, and we were practicing conserva- conservation message uh, methods to keep our PPE 
available. Um, but we had patients that were coming in. Uh, I would say 85% of our volume at that time was COVID related. And I don't, in, see, I finished med school in, in 93. I have never seen this degree of of anything and neither of any of my colleagues in terms of, you know, mass casualties and, and pandemic stuff. And the best analogy I can make it to, and I hope I'm doing uh, not a disservice to our, to our military, but um, to me, this almost felt as if I was in the army or the Navy or the Marines or some armed services. And it required all of us really working together, coming together, coming together as, as functioning teams and, you know, putting everything else aside and making sure that we could do the best to take care of patients, to take care of one another. And we honestly had to put like processes together within a matter of a few hours. Um, we would have run out of ventilators if it wasn't for the national strategic stockpile providing us with additional ventilators. And we had more people on vents than I had ever seen in the past. Um, and, you know, some did well, and unfortunately, many did not. Um, but thank God we're at, we're at a level now where things are a lot more controlled. Um, the social distancing, which I don't like that term, it's more physical distancing. We certainly need the, the social interaction, but it, it's now become, you know, uh, understood what we mean by social distancing. That was necessary along with the stay at home orders. And hopefully now as we reopen various parts um, that we don't get a resurgence. Right. And what are your thoughts on the resurgence? Do you think that's something that is going to happen? Is it something that, you know, people are hopefully have some common sense involved? What are your thoughts there? You know, I hope people have common sense. Um, it, there are so many different projections and, and, and possibilities. If anyone told you they knew what's going to happen, they don't. I'll be honest with you. Nobody really knows until it happens. I've seen three different projections, one with a false surge, one with kind of like a slow burn and one with, with like a, a sinusoidal, you know, up and down type of uh, uh, resurgence. Nobody knows. And it's probably going to be different in different areas of the country. Um, I, I hope that we as a society have learned, you know, to practice better hygiene, to stay home when you're sick, um, you know, to, to do some physical distancing um, and, and try to, to, to mitigate this at least as much as possible until we have a vaccine available. And, and then, you know, Hopefully things will will evolve to a new normal. No, definitely. And and that's sort of my next question is what about where do you think health and fitness and wellness plays into things like this, right? Does it help you not become you know affected? You know, what are your thoughts there? Because it seems to be that if you're you know, if you're if you're you know healthy and and fit, you might have a line of defense. What are your thoughts? Uh, Absolutely. Not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. I would say the hardest toll to that on many of my colleagues was the emotional toll. Um, you know, th there was a, a physician who ended up committing suicide um, in New York, who was an ER physician that came down with COVID. And a lot of this was truly, you know, it's like our races, right? Think about this. It, it, the, you know, the body can keep going if the mind can tell it to keep doing so. And so this had an emotional turmoil on, on a lot of us as much as it did uh, physical. I slept in a separate bedroom than my, than my wife. I ate uh, far under the table. I showered in a different area. Um, and, and so the emotional element of it really had its uh, effect. But that's where I think training and, and sticking to an exercise routine really helped pay off. Now, obviously, I couldn't train as much as I wanted to in the middle of this, but I would do my best to try to get even just 
15, 20 minutes in a day, which is significantly less than my typical. Right, right. No, because I think, yeah, that and, and understanding that resilience piece, talk to us a little bit about sort of the resilience piece through it. And you're seeing it, uh, you know, probably more resilience than anyone. Yeah, so, you know, I love that word. To me, it's probably one of the greatest qualities that an individual has in terms of survivability and adaptability. Um, you know, being able to meet adversity and knowing um, that you can come out of it, adjust to what you need to. I mean, that's just an essential skill, regardless of what you're doing, whether it, it's a it's a endurance event, whether it's whatever life throws at you, because you know you're going to get curveballs, um, and that's exactly what this was. And I would also add, you know, the the collegiality, uh, whether it's a participating in events. Um, you know, many of our events, whether they're running events or endurance events, they're somewhat individual, but the, the cooperation and, and the collegiality and the friendships that you develop along the way, those are the same traits that you would use when you're meeting some of these same challenges, whether it's at work um, or, or in life in general. And I would say that those are critical to being able to come out of the other end successful. Right, right. No, and and that's it, right? And not worried about the rock in your shoe because at some point the rock's going to move and you'll be fine, right? Or the, you know, the 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 tick on your bike or this or that, and it's like just having having that toughness to sort of get through. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a you know it's a perspective, right? If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. It's the you know looking at adversity and, and looking at stress and saying you know. This is my stimulus to become more successful as opposed to, you know, the glass is half empty perspective. And it's so easy to do, right? And I think a lot of people, I think the first couple of weeks was sort of the hangover from this of a lot of people thought, oh, we'll be back up and running in, in 10 days, right? Once everything got shut down and then it was, then it became real. And then there was either you could take two paths of path of either opportunity or a path of sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Right. And I think, um, the path of opportunity is not instant gratification, which you get to realize, but it's sort of long-term gratification of what you're building down the road. Absolutely. Couldn't what agree more? What about, um, you know, how are you, you know, again, you said you were training 50, some days, 15, 20 minutes a day, sometimes longer. What about, you know, the importance of just keeping things rolling? What are your thoughts there of not just becoming stagnant? Yeah, I mean, I think every one of us kind of, you know, marches to, to a different beat. Um, for me, um, I, I like both consistency and I like to change it up. And so it did have its, its toll on me, but in terms of being able to to not train as much as I wanted to, but you know, you you have to make choices based on what's going on at the time. I didn't give it up completely, but now that things have slowed down, I'm able to to amp up and, and increase the amount of training I'm doing. For me, it would have been a complete disaster had I given it up completely, because I needed that to help decompress and, and alleviate you know some of the you know, unhealthy stress that I was experiencing. I, I attribute a lot of, you know, uh, breakthrough moments in training due to stressors that I was having elsewhere and just sort of putting it behind me and just focusing, just focusing exclusively on trying to increase my FTP or trying to go, you know, a little bit faster on the run or whatever it is. 
Um, and so it's an outlet for many of us. Right, right. So what's your favorite race What's that you've done? Oh, that's, a, that's a tough one. Um, it, it, it's, it's my, I would say my first sprint try where I had to walk some of the, the 5K. That's how bad I was in the beginning. But I also enjoyed, obviously, uh, I did two Ironmans that I enjoyed a lot. Uh, one was my first one because, you know, it changes you. And I did another one, I think, um, about two years later where I was able to raise money for a charity called Kids on the Go, where they take uh, kids that have special needs, um, usually kids with autism or Down syndrome, and, and they provide physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy for them. And I was able to raise, uh, I think, about thirteen dollars or $14,000. And that every $500 puts another kid through a six-week summer camp. So I had the names of 26 kids um, uh, on my bike and on my race bib. And so for me, kind of like I was racing with these kids and that had a, a special meaning for me as well. Um, so there, oh, and, and then I had another one. I mean, I, I did relay race with my son where uh, we did a half iron man together and I did the swim bike and, you know, probably was in the back of the pack as far as relay team go. And, and here comes this kid that's running a half marathon at a, at a 620 mile pace, um, you know, who's, it, it, that was a lot of fun just doing it as a father son team. That had to be a blast. I love doing that stuff. I, my daughter ski races and I grew up ski racing and it's a lot of fun to get out there with your kids to really see what they can do. It's, and it, it's amazing once they start hitting that sort of 12 to 12 plus age of actually how good and how powerful these kids are in today's world. Oh, youth is wasted on the youth. All we could do is just try to, to, to slow our slow our, our aging down as much as we can. Right, exactly. What are you seeing? Um, you know, I, I know you've written some articles on you know some pretty cool stuff. But one of the things I like here is the cold water immersion article and athletic recovery. Talk to us a little bit about that because I know cold's a big thing and. That seems, it's very intriguing. I've done it a few times and it's, and it's awesome. So talk to us about your yeah. thoughts there. So I'm not going to say it doesn't work. So I, I like evidence-based medicine coming from a sort of scientific background. And so I have the, the opportunity to do like Medline PubMed searches and, and look for literature evidence-based to support stuff. And there honestly is not scientific evidence that says that cold water immersion or ice baths or things of that nature actually work to help you know, enhanced recovery. But that doesn't mean it doesn't work. So placebos work, we know that they work. And so if it works for an individual person, uh, I think you should continue doing it. Um, but there's just a lack of scientific evidence that's able to show that it actually does benefit. So, you know, Ken, if it works for you, go for it. And same <laughs> with everybody else. Um, right. I, we all know that sleep is probably the sleep and nutrition is probably the most valuable, uh, you know, aids that you could use to help enhance recovery. So for sure, do those. Right. So as we, as an older athlete, what are some of the most important pieces for recovery besides a beer and a nap? You know, it, it, <laughs> that's probably the most frustrating thing because the legs are chronically sore, you know, and, and, and junior can get up and, and, and pound away you know, 10 miles today and 20 miles tomorrow and, and not feel sore at all. And then, you know, you and I, I mean, I'm, maybe you don't, but man, I'm, I'm fatigued all the time. And I, I saw a lot. I saw my life. 
Oh yeah. 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 And you know, you know, as most of us probably have every gadget that we can, you know, consider getting uh, you know, percussion massage guns, uh, you know, uh, pneumatic compression boots. Um, you know, I think the most important thing quite honestly is making sure you get proper rest. Um, remember we don't grow by, by stressing, we grow by, by recovery. So you can stress your muscles and your, your, you know, cardiovascular system all you want, but the, the growth actually happens during the rest and recovery phase. So we can't ignore that. And, you know, we're, all of us are a little type A and very driven. And we think that, okay, you know, if I'm, if I don't, if I don't get that extra mile in, or if I don't get that, you know, that, that extra lap in that it's going to be to my detriment more often than not, I think we tend to suffer from overtraining rather than, eh, than the other. And we'd probably be better off a little bit under training than over training. Interesting. Now, and I'm sure because then you can go into your reserves at that point, And when you're overtrained, you don't have any reserves. Yeah. Believe me, we've all and been we there. We just don't recover like we used to. I know we all think, you know, I'm 47. I think I'm 20. And then yesterday I did a hard lunch workout CrossFit. And then I'm like, my, then my buddy was like, Hey, let's go mountain biking. I'm like, okay. And it's at that point, it took me an hour to get warmed up. And then, you know, we got a 20 minutes to go. I'm, like, I'm finally warmed up and now it's time to go home. Yeah. 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 Hey, at least well, you know, I would say, as long as we're out there doing something and enjoying it, that's the key, right? You got to enjoy it. Right. No. And that's it, right? If you're not enjoying it, it doesn't matter. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine that used to race mountain bikes a lot. He was out with us last night and I'm like, you know what? I love just going out and going hard, but I love also knowing that my training's done for the day and then I can go do what I need to do afterwards. That's, that's the reward of it as I've noticed as I've gotten older. Yeah, I think it sets you up for, for mental clarity and to be able to do what you need to do, uh, you know, without worrying about it afterwards. No, I know. It, and it's great. And it's, and it's good stuff. So, well, I know you're crazy busy today. I caught you off guard that we're actually pulling this off today. And I want to, uh, you know, thank you for being part of this. This has been awesome. Where can people find out more about you, find out more about what you're doing? Um, I probably am not the best at social media. I'm going to try to get a little bit better on there. I'll probably put something on my LinkedIn page at some point. I'm, I had full intentions of starting this April until COVID kind of came. I was registered for a couple of different century rides, but I've got this goal of trying to do a, um, you know, 50 centuries, one in each different state, and in the process sort of you know, bring awareness to, to a couple of charities. So I'm hoping to start that up just as soon as I can. Um, and I just got to learn to do social media a little bit better. Uh, but, but, but I'll start off with LinkedIn and, and, and learn how to go from there. No, so and send my, it to me too. And, and I can get that out for you as well when I post this as well. So it's, um, you know, try to get you some exposure there. But, and I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile if people want to reach out to you, which is, you know, another good way. Awesome. So thank you for your time, Robert. This was awesome. Thank you for your insight. Hopefully you guys, hopefully we're on the back end of this and you keep doing what you're doing because it sounds like you guys are doing well and be proud for what you guys have pulled off. It's, I think, you know, I'm speaking for everyone and thank, you know, thank you for those on the front line and thank you. So really appreciate it. 
always a pleasure. And thanks so much for having me as a guest on your podcast. No, oh, thank you. And, and if anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, would like to reach out to Robert and needs um, some connection via myself, email me at kennethexecutiveathletes.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and make sure you're still out there crushing it one way or the other. Have a great weekend.